it's funny. I've never been an outliner. I've never been a plotter. I cannot, for the life of me, imagine what that would be like. Writing for me is flying by the set of my pants. So yes, I'm I'm what you call a pantser in the industry, and it's, it's exactly as it sounds. I sit down each morning. I have no clue where the book is going. I have no clue about direction. I just write. I just write as I go. Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. Your next book will help you sell more copies of the last book. Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast. I've spent the past few months talking to thriller authors and authors who've written a series of books. And one lesson I've learned from them is that having a back catalogue is the fastest way to increase your book sales. Because even if one particular book doesn't sell, if you go on to write something new, more readers will find a new book and then go back and read through your work. Now, this week I caught up with Australian author Simon King. He's the author of over 30 books across five different series, including the Sam Radar series, the non-fiction Prison Day series, and also the Max series. Before he became an author, Sam worked in a maximum security prison in Australia and he only published his first book in 2018. So I was pretty impressed to discover that he was able to write and publish so many books in three or four years. And that's one of the topics that we get into in this week's interview. How did he manage to go from, you know, working a demanding day job where he worked shift work and night work to publishing six to 12 books a year over the course of three years? Sam explained that he started working on his craft towards the end of his career when he was working night duty or night shifts as a prison officer. And while many of his colleagues, you know, were doing things like watching television or passing away the hours, he was using the free time while working night shifts to write and to hone his craft. And it reminded me of years ago when I worked in a psychiatric hospital and I used to work a lot of night shifts as well. Back then I used that time to write fiction and also to study short story writing but I guess I lost that free time when I got a day job as a copywriter and a content marketer for a British software company. Uh, These days I don't have to write in the middle of the night, I can write during the day but Simon did challenge me to say that I should write about my experiences working in a psychiatric hospital years ago which isn't really something I figured out how to do yet. One of my other key takeaways from this interview is that it's important to set a clear target for how much you want to write every day. Now, most new writers set a target of writing, you know, for just 15 minutes or writing 500 words. But Simon went hardcore and his target was to write 3000 words every day, no matter what. And in the interview, he explains what that did for his writing or indie career. If you enjoy the show, you can, of course, support it by becoming a Patreon for a couple of dollars a month. And I'll give you discounts on my writing courses, software on books. Or alternatively, you can leave a short review on iTunes or share the show on Stitcher or Overcast or wherever you're listening. Now, with that said, let's go over to this week's interview with Simon. And I started by asking him to describe his background and how it helped inform his thriller books. So, Simon, I'm fascinated to hear how you managed to write so many different books. But before we get to that, would you be able to give listeners a flavor for who you are and how you got into writing in the first place? Yeah, sure. I think writing has been on my horizon for for as long as I can remember. But it was just one of those things that just never eventuated. Uh, I was always too busy and always had other things going on. So I didn't actually start writing until I was 47. I think it was my 47th birthday that uh, finally gave me a tap on the shoulder and said, uh, I think now's the time you might want to start. And uh, I'm pleased to say that once I did, I, um, I haven't been able to stop. And uh, I think my readers thank me 
uh, on a daily basis with the number of books that I managed to churn out. So did you write your first book at 47? Correct, correct. I turned 47 in April of 2018 and I realized that the dream was never going to happen unless I pulled my finger out. And I did. Yeah. And, and I researched a little bit uh, about how to get the book published. And it was all systems go once I made the decision. And I'm pleased to say that uh, by July of that same year, I published my first book, which was The First Prison Days. So up until that point, you had a day job. Would you be able to, to describe what that was and how it's helped your writing? Yeah, sure. I was prison officer. So I was a correctional officer in a maximum security prison. And I knew that from the moment I walked in there that the experiences I was going to see and was going to uh, watch unfold were not likely to be anything I could ever forget. Um, the things that happen are just things that people just don't see every day. Yeah. And I think that was my inspiration behind writing not just the first book, but all the all the subsequent books. It wasn't until that first book really started selling that I realized that so many people really did want to find out what happened behind the walls. So when you sat down to start writing, did you have notes that you could reference or were you drawing on your memories of what happened? Well, the way I write the books is I used to call them my diary entries, and, and that's technically what they are. They're, they're my own experiences. And I try to share with them as cleanly as possible. So I try not to include any feelings that I have. I try not to sway the reader into whether things are right or wrong. It's just a raw, unedited look at what happens behind the walls. And, you know, some of the events I experienced, some of the assaults and murders and, and all the rest of the things, it's it's quite confronting when you read about it. And I've got to say that the emails that I've had from across the world have, have kind of helped me along to releasing Book 11, which was, uh, which was published last week. So it, it's come oh, a long way. Series. Correct. So when you were writing the Prison Day series, did you have an ideal reader in mind? It's funny, Brian. When I first started in the prison, it was almost like having fish and chips on the beach. The amount of people that would surround me and pick my brain and want to hear the stories. Every single you know, social event I went to, I was surrounded by people wanting stories. And it, it just fascinates people. You know, you think about all the, all the prison shows that you see on TV, all the, all the documentaries. People just absorb that type of stuff because, because to them it's, it's almost taboo. You're not really quite sure if it's real and you never want to experience it yourself and yet you still want to see it and you still want to watch it. And I think that's what sort of drew me to writing that first book. The reader I had in mind is the same person that I had, you know, chewing my ear off down at the local barbecue. Yeah. And when you sat down to write the first series, I mean, had you been doing any other type of writing while you were working um, or did you feel like you were writing this book from scratch and that you were to learn everything about the craft? I dabbled in the idea of writing a book over many years, but I never actually sat down and started a book that I said, yep, this is going to be my book. I, I've written poetry through the years, but never anything more than a few hundred words. When I sat down for this book, yep. I knew that this was going to be the start of my author career. You know, I'm the kind of person, Brian, I don't let anything stand in my way. It's, it's not a question for me personally, and my kids will sort of tell you this because I'm, I'm forever in their ear about it, but... I'm not the kind of person that asks the question, if I can do something, 
I'm the type of person that'll just say, how? How can I do that? I want to be a writer. How can I be a writer? And then I'll investigate and I'll research. And thankfully, writing that first book came naturally. I think it had very brief editing from from a beta reader and I released it and the reviews were positive right from the start. So I continued on from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it here on Amazon. It has like over 360-something positive reviews, which is fantastic. When you say about instruction, did you read any books about the craft or did you just fire up page one and start writing or did you outline your book? It's funny. I've never been an outliner. I've never been a plotter. I cannot, for the life of me, imagine what that would be like. Writing for me is flying by the set of my pants. So, yes, I'm, I'm what you call a pantser in the industry. And it's exactly as it sounds. I sit down each morning. I have no clue where the book is going. I have no clue about direction. I just write. I just write as I go. And for me, it, it eliminates that dirty word that some authors have, which is uh, mind block, which is where they just yeah. they just get stuck. And I think I think that comes from when they try and force a story or try and force words. For me, that never happens because I, I don't plot. I don't put myself into that category, if that makes sense. So do you start with a character and go from there? It's funny. I actually go with the ending. I actually know yeah. how a book ends. And that ending gives me a direction. I know where I'm headed. I just don't know how I'm going to get there. So for me, whether the book is 30,000 words or whether it's 90,000 words, it's a direction I'm going in and I just follow it. And it's almost as exciting for me as it is for my readers because I have no idea what's going to happen when I when I sit down to write. I'll find that at the end of any session characters pop up that i hadn't even known existed and yet there they were breathing life into this story it's it's incredible i love it so at the time we're recording this interview there is nine books in the prison day series and you mentioned that the new one was just released did you set out to write a series no there's there's book 10 was released last week and book 11 Okay. okay book 11 comes out uh in two weeks Oh, I'm looking at the UK store. That's probably why. So uh, did you set out intentionally to write a series or did it just evolve naturally? Well, initially it was just going to be one book. I just thought, yep, one yeah. book out, see how it goes. And then and then I followed the, the reviews and, and kept releasing them. And then I released six and I thought, yep, that's me done. I'll move on to something else. At which point I released some very quick, I call them quick reads. So they're not too big. They're called Prison Days Inmates. Those five books focus more on actual prisoners. So their story, how they came to prison, what they did in prison. Some of them eventually, you know, were released. Some others passed away. It's just, it's all about the prisoners. And then I continue to re- receive emails from people just loving these Prison Days series. And I thought, you know what, why not? So I ended up releasing seven. And then before I knew it, I'm in the middle of writing 11 now, so, but I can de- I can definitely say that they finish at 12. 12 prison days, I think, is more than enough. Okay, so if you're using, if it's nonfiction, did you run into any issues with, you know, sense of stories that you couldn't use because the person's still alive or because of, because of maybe a contract or you had with your old job? No, no. What I did is I, I made sure that none of the names were real, so I changed all the names. And one of the things that I love about my books that uh, I find intrigues readers a lot more too is that up until a certain number of books, no one knew where the prison was located. And yeah, there was a reason behind that. And I think what I set out to do was whenever you watch one of these shows on TV, I, I don't know, what, what's one? Um, World's Toughest Prisons. 
You know it's yeah. set in America. You know it's distanced from you. So reading about it or watching those shows, you kind of think, okay, well, you know what, it's a long way away. It doesn't affect me. It's never going to happen to me. But when you don't know where the prison is, it affects yeah. you differently. Because funnily enough, before I released where the prison was located, a lot of people assumed that the prison was in England. So I had a lot of yeah. I had a lot of English readers, a lot of Scottish readers email me up. And it was amusing because they could relate to certain things in the book. They could relate to certain situations, certain stories. And it wasn't until they they were told where the prison was located that they went, hmm, okay, I didn't guess that. And that was the reason behind it because I wanted to take that distance away from the reader. I wanted to put that prison right next door. So, so it sounds like you changed a few details in the nonfiction books. Correct, correct. So it's just the names and the locations that are different, but everything else, everything else is uh, bang on. Okay. So then, then you pivoted then to uh, writing thrillers and fiction, like The Lost and Chronicles and the Sam Raider thriller series. Was, was that inspired by your nonfiction work or was that a direction you were always planning and going in? Well, The Lost and Chronicles were really where my fictional side started. So the first book, The Final Alibi, is about a serial killer. And the inspiration came when I was sitting in the middle of a unit in prison watching an actual serial killer go about his day. And as I was watching him, a premise started sort of crossing my mind. It's just an idea that sort of floated in the distance. And what it was was as I was watching this guy, I imagined him breaking out of prison, but breaking out of prison in a way that no one knew, no one realized that he'd gone and i thought if he could get out of prison and murder and then come back into prison without anyone knowing would he do that and the answer is yes of course he would because that's who he is he's still that that demon on the inside and that's where the idea came from the lost and chronicles is based around this serial killer who the whole first of the book you're sort of curious is it is it really him is it not him does he have a copycat and it's all based on this serial killer that I was looking after in this unit. So I guess it's the it's what you say in your tagline, it's the perfect alibi if he's in prison. Exactly, exactly, because who's going to investigate him? You know, you'll have a body, but you're not going to go after someone that's already in jail. You're not even going to investigate that person. So is it his final alibi? Is it not? It's that, That's where my curiosity started, and that's where my fictional side really sort of took off with that first book. Okay. So that's quite a lot of books to write in uh, three years. Like, What does your typical writing routine look like? Actually, looking across at my board, there's, there's one line that I like to stick to. It's written across the top. It's in black texter or black marker, and it says 3K a day. Every day, every day, I have a goal of at least 3,000 words. And most, yeah. most of the time, I finish that before anybody else gets up in the morning. It's whatever book I'm working on, 3,000 is my minimum. And that, that gives me a decent 20,000 words per week if I stick to that formula. So that's seven days a week? I write every day, correct. That's impressive. Your output is very impressive. I think if you have a passion and I think if you have a plan, a long-term goal, yeah. I don't think 3,000 words is really that difficult to achieve. And does it take you long to write 3,000 words? Uh, no. I think most days I manage between 1,000 to 2,000 an hour. 
and that's editing yeah. as I go to. I, I, I tend to edit as I write. So any sort of yeah. typos or mistakes or things like that, I, I change as I go. So it ends up being a fairly clean manuscript by the time I finish, which makes the job easier for my editor. So you get up early, sounds like, before everyone in your house, sit down at your desk and just go for three hours? Correct, correct. It just depends. Some days I'm up at four o'clock in the morning where I just can't sleep yeah. and I grab my laptop and I head out. I sit at the desk and start banging away and before I knew it, it's you know it's seven o'clock. There's you know four or 5,000 words written and I'm done for the day. And do you, you mentioned that you edit while you write. Do you go through many rewrites of the books? Actual rewrites? I don't rewrite anything. Yeah. I think my best work comes out naturally. Uh, I think some writers struggle to accept their work because they tend to over-criticize themselves. With me, that's, that's what I have beta readers for. So I write the book as it flows from my fingers. Being a pantser, I don't really think twice about which way it's headed. And once my beta readers get it, if they have an issue, then they obviously email me back. But yeah, other than that, the story is as is. What about when they you've sent it to your beta readers? Do you spend long working with them before I go hitting publish? No, normally it's a couple of days. It's not they don't take too long. They tend to absorb my work and normally just send me back a few typos that they may find. And yeah. I always like to keep uh, an eye on the reviews. So if I do see anything that does need changing, then I'm pretty quick on the ball. But, you know, today, touch wood, the re- most of the reviews have been pretty positive. They have, they have. And did you find it quite a change from, you know, working shift work on your feet and, you know, was probably a very demanding job to sitting in quietly at a desk by yourself? Well, the thing is, Brian, I was already sitting at a desk by myself in jail. For the last two and a half years, I worked nonstop night shift. So most of them were asleep. And while most of the ov- other officers were watching television or sleeping, I was sitting at a desk writing my books. So I was following my dream while being at work and getting paid for the privilege. Yeah. So it's kind of like your apprenticeship, I guess, working shift work or night work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. So your books have a lot of positive reviews for, for many different readers. What, what strategies are you using to promote your work? Uh, to promote my work, I tend to follow a few different authors when I first thought about Samantha Raider and which direction I was going to take her, I actually started uh, following Jack Reacher. I started following Lee Child and the things that I could see that his books had, covers and, and things like that. The and, cover and, is quite similar, yeah. Yeah, correct. And what I try and do is I try and make sure that readers, I guess, follow not only just that series, but follow all of my books. So, you know, there's places where there's crossovers. You'll find that once my readers finish Prison Days, it's a very easy slide into the Max series because Max is obviously based in a maximum security prison. It's pretty confronting. The events that happen in Max are are very similar to the events that happen in Prison Days. So they already have a feel for that style of writing. And then there are a couple of characters that cross over from Max into the Lawson Chronicles. And then obviously The Lawson Chronicles is a prequel to the Samantha Raider series. So you find they're all linked anyway. So I find that when I have a reader pick up one book, generally they go through the lot, which, I mean, 35 books, it keeps them busy for a while. I can, ima- I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But as, as for reaching more readers, I try and utilize Amazon as much as I can. So I am in their Kindle yeah. Unlimited. All of my books are in their Kindle Unlimited plans, apart from the ones that obviously I give away on my website as reader magnets. Yeah. 
But I also like email promotions. Email promotions work very well as well. So do you work on that side of your writing business in the afternoon? Uh, correct. Yes. I try, and, yeah. I try and do all my writing in the morning. Uh, sometimes I'll even do some writing when I'm sitting up in bed at night, just before sleep. Yeah. But in between, I, I try and I try and do a lot of things. So I get involved with the with the covers, with the website, with the promotions. I, I kind of wear all the hats in this business, and, and I think that's how you have yeah. to look at it. You have to look at it as a business. Yeah, the other thing that's quite impressive about your series is the branding. Like they all have quite distinctive covers. Like just looking at the Prison Day series, they were you know stark black and white and dramatic photographs. Was that a conscious choice? Hey, when actually the first covers, I think the Prison Day series, they've had three cover changes in the past three years. Those yeah. covers that you see live now, I think they've they've only been live for the last three or four months, and they're my most impressive. I think I prefer those over any of the past ones. But I think if an author treats their writing as a business, I think you need to update the product occasionally, just just so you can stay with the market. And, and stay with the demand. Uh, you need to freshen up your market, your your stock yeah. on a regular basis. But that's just my personal thinking. So when you say update the product, are you just updating the cover or are you making any other changes? Uh, sometimes I might go in and I make, might make some changes. I might change intros. I know I do change the back matter quite a bit and the front matter. Uh, at one point I was giving away four books uh, for free. Uh, to, to quite new. a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you've got 35 four isn't that big. I mean, at the start, obviously, you don't want to be giving everything away, but you need something to get those readers in. And at least until you start getting the reviews, that's really important. But other than that, it's a full-time gig. It's a full-time job. So, Are you attracting reviews organically at this stage, or do you still enlist reviewers or reach out to reviewers before you get ready for a launch? No, I have never used that line for reviews. Never. All of my reviews are organic whether they've come yeah. through free promotions through email newsletters or whether they've come through direct sales, all of my reviews have – I've paid for none of them. The only thing I do is just ask for a review from readers at the end of the book. That's that's probably my most important question at the at, right at the end. I ask them if they, if, if they have the time, please leave a review because, as you know, without reviews, books die. Yeah, they don't sell. And and speaking of selling, do you use Amazon or Facebook ads to sell your books? Uh, I've used both. I can't tell you which one works more because I really suck at both of them. Try my best, but they just don't seem to love me. So you find it's more that writing a series helps you, the last book helps you sell the next book. Correct. And uh, you know what? That's, That's a saying that I picked up from Craig Martell. Nothing sells the last book like the next book, and it's and it's true, and it's one of the reasons why all of my books are in series. Because once you hook those readers with that first book, most of them tend to stick around, and that's what I love. And do you find the people who read your books tend to read a lot of thriller and mystery books, or books by the likes of Lee Child or James Patterson, or is the prison genre like a, a genre within a genre? I find that most of my I've actually emailed all my readers on my subscriber list and I have several thousand and I've asked them the question which do you prefer do you prefer my fiction or non-fiction and funnily enough at the end of the day I had 40% either way and 20% who preferred both so it was a clean yeah straight down the middle so those that tend to like my fiction stuff also read my non-fiction stuff so it fills my heart when I know that a reader who picks up one book is going to go through the whole series. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's it'd be helpful as well for um for book sales and so on. What about uh, in terms of managing your like creative workflow for the for the year? Like you mentioned, you've a board with three thousand words written on it. Do, do you have your projects mapped out for the next few months, and do you work on more than one book at any one time? I'll give you a rundown of what written on my board in January. I decided to fill up my planned releases up until June thirty, and I have 11 books from January to June 30 that are up on my board. That's, well, that's, that's <laughs> one, one, every, one every two weeks nearly. <laughs> and I currently have published one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight. I've currently published eight of them. Or ahead of schedule. <laughs> I'm ahead of schedule. Are the books all of similar length or do you write vary between shorter and longer books? In the beginning, I tried to judge what a reader accepted. So the Prison Day series are all around sort of twenty to 25,000 words because they're nonfiction, because they're based on diaries. I really didn't need them any longer than that. And I've never had issues yeah, with, with yeah. readers. Readers just tend to love them. So uh, I try to stick to the same sort of number count for every series. With the Prison Day's inmates, the books are only 10,000 words. They were very short. I even have quick reads on the cover just to let people know, do you know what, this is something that you can read while you're, I don't know, taking a bus trip from work to home. Uh, They're just very quick reads. With my Lawson Chronicles, they're all around sort of 80 to 90,000 words. They're a little bit longer. With my Sam Raider, they're all sort of around 50,000 words. So it just depends on which series I'm talking. I don't think I've ever had, you know, any sort of review or message from a reader saying books are too short or books are too long. So I think I just stick to one very important uh, rule that I have, which is the story is the story. If a story takes 50,000 yeah. words to tell, then that's that's what I use. If it takes longer, then I good take rule. longer. Yeah. It's a good rule to, to have. <clears throat> I try not to force stories, Brian. That's probably one of my key suggestions that I can tell people. Just don't force it. When I've experimented with shorter books, one thing I've wondered about is pricing. Do you adjust the pricing based on the book length? I do sometimes. I do. Prison Day's inmates, they're all uh, 99 cents or 99p, whichever country you're in. For the Prison Day's, uh, the first book is 99 cents, but the rest are 299 which only sort of went up in the last three or four months. Uh, I used to have them just at 99 cents for all of them, but I found that uh, I think I lost quite a bit of money playing things that way. With the same yeah. Raiders, they're all, they're all 399 uh, As I think all of my fiction books are actually 399 which I think is a pretty fair price and people are happy to pay that. Yeah, no, it is. It is indeed. It is indeed. So, Simon, where can people find more information about you or where can they buy one of your many books? Uh, all of my links are on my website, which is pretty simple. It's just booksbysimonking.com. Great. Well, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks very much. It was nice talking to you. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please consider leaving a short review on the iTunes store or sharing the show on Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you're listening. More reviews, more ratings and more shares will help more people find the Become a Writer Today podcast. And did you know for just a couple of dollars a month, you could become a Patreon for the show? Visit patreon.com forward slash become a writer today or look for the support button in the show notes. Your support will help me record, produce and publish more episodes each month. And if you become a Patreon, I'll give you my writing books, discounts on writing software and on my writing courses. Thank you.